Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am Desiree Collins-Bradley, and I'm here with Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. And so we are really, really excited to have a special guest with us, Miss um, Lindsay Wisham. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Desiree. <laughs> Great. So we're going to tackle this topic, quality measures and, and, and the patient inclusion. And so we know, you know, lately in the field, we're hearing a great amount of buzz around quality measurement development work. And so patients are starting to become really key stakeholders in this work, right? So, Lindsay, you know, could you kind of introduce your role and who you are and kind of give us a little synopsis of what quality measures is and how patients um, are being really worked into this work? Definitely. Thanks so much, Desiree. You bring up a great point. And um, I've had the, the true um, opportunity, I'll say, to work in the measure development arena for um, over the past decade, um, as well as be a patient advocate. So I've kind of I've kind of lived in both worlds for a while. Uh, but I think for those that are maybe new to measure development or what that term means, uh, I was just going to back up a little bit and give a quick overview about what a quality measure is. So at its Great. simplest form, a measure is a way to evaluate a proven process of care or desired outcome for a patient. Uh, measures really can be used as a tool to improve quality and to help patients and families understand really important information that can be used in their care decision process. And it can also be used by care providers to help inform where their quality uh, indicators are for their work and their services that they're giving to patients. The measure development buzz you're talking about, Desiree, um, that mm -hmm. process is a process where organizations, uh, sometimes individuals, but usually organizations, um, follow this process to create meaningful and accurate measures, right? We know that we want, when we develop a measure, we want it to be meaningful and accurate. And so organizations perform activities uh, to get to that point, such as they might scan uh, existing quality measures that are being used in, in industry and in different care settings. And they may scan that and try to identify where there's maybe gaps in measurement. Where are we not capturing information that would be valuable to patients or valuable to improving quality and informing providers? 
They would also potentially review literature, um, which would include clinical guidelines to determine the clinical recommendations. So again, looking at that proven process of care that should be happening. Um, oh, wow, and- that, that is really, really helpful. You know, I remember, um, this was a few years ago when the term was first given to me, right? I was sitting in a meeting and they were talking about quality measures and, you know, what that looked like. And I'll be honest, I was completely freaked out. <laughs> I had never heard of it. And I was like, well, how am, how can I, you know, get input in this? You know, I, I never really learned until, you know, the upcoming years how important it is to have patients in this work. And I've heard that, you know, across in other patient settings where I bring it up to patient partners and they're like, oh, well, why, you know, why should I even care? Why should I become involved in this? And I'm like, oh, I was there. I was there. But let me tell you why, (laughs) you know, because it's important for us to kind of be at the table. So, you know, I want to ask you, why do you think it's necessary to have that patient voice represented in this work? Yeah, I mean, really in the most simple form, Desiree, patients are the experts, especially when it comes to the lived experience. And we oftentimes recognize that, you know, patients are at the center of the healthcare delivery process. They really need to be at the center of the measure development process. If we're evaluating that healthcare delivery, uh, we should be we should be including that patient voice and that lived experience as we're developing measures. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the as we've seen over the last few years, there's been a definite interest to include that patient voice, the patient representative in that measure development process. And we've been doing that um, in several different ways, including in work groups, uh, mm-hmm. could, be in te- could be in technical expert panels. Sometimes you'll hear those called tests. But really <laughs> what we're doing is pulling together a group of individuals that bring subject matter expertise around a topic. And those individuals may be charged with looking at where measurement gaps are and maybe forming a new concept for a measure or maybe reviewing an existing measure. And patients are being brought to an equal level at that playing field with other subject matter experts. It may be clinicians or scientists or um, other individuals in an academic field. Patients are brought at the same level at the table now because their voice is being recognized as truly important because if we don't have measures that are meaningful to patients and and meaningful to patients and their providers to impact the positive care and outcome, we're really not, we're not really moving that, uh, you know, needle as far as really Mm -hmm. using measurement to improve quality. And so I think that I am continued to find, um, you know, just, hope and encouragement that I continue to see this momentum really build behind including the patient and their lived experiences in helping really ground the measure development activities. It provides a focus um, Mm -hmm. when you're developing a measure on a certain topic, having a patient or a family member represented who has direct experience um, from the patient's perspective with that type of condition or encounter or diagnosis it really provides an impactful way to really center the importance of why we're why we're developing measures in the first place. It's for better outcomes for patients. It's for improved quality. And so it's it it's really just been an, an amazing experience seeing the, that patient voice continue to be included more and more over the last several years. 
Oh, you know, and I, I love that. And, you know, it's, it's gone are the days where people and institutions and organizations are developing, right, anything without having the patient voice. Years ago, many years ago, I remember them, everyone was kind of assuming what the patients wanted, what the patients needed, what the patients thought without really including them. And so having them at the table at this work, I think, is integral in, in shifting the culture, right? Shifting the culture and making sure that our voices are heard and what's important to us, you know, helps kind of drive our, our, our health care in a positive direction. Not just for me and my neighbors, but for all of us, right, in this nation. So, you know, it's very important for all you listeners out there that are li- tuning into our podcast to really think about getting involved in quality measurement work. I know it can be intimidating, but that's where you can reach out to us at Patient Partner Innovation Community, and we can help you kind of connect you with those opportunities and also give you a little guidance because it is very intimidating. I'm still somewhat intimidated by it as well. I'll be honest, raising my hand. So, (laughs) yeah. So, Lindsay, you know, I heard you say in your introduction that you were involved in some advocacy work. You were on both sides of the spectrum. Could you give us a little bit of your experience in that advocacy space? Yeah, definitely. So, I I mean, I I think to to everyone in in the network and listening in as well is that you are an advocate for yourself. Um, And most, I'm sure a lot of you have learned that from day one, either from a personal experience or advocating on behalf of someone you care about. Um, and a lot of times we're kind of thrust into our own advocacy experiences. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a choice. You have to kind of get in there and, and try to figure it out. A lot of us have done that on our own. And uh, I was diagnosed with lupus 20 years ago. Um, and again, thrust into that world of chronic illness and how to manage that as a young adult. And I think first you learn how to advocate for yourself, right? You learn how to tell your story to providers, Mm -hmm. um, uh, to ask questions, to clarify when needed, and to really, you know, be a part of that care and decision-making process. And it was through um, the Lupus Foundation of America, I actually discovered some volunteer efforts in my local community. It started really local, um, using my personal experiences um, now living with multiple multiple autoimmune diseases, but taking that and representing a collective voice for patients. And it started off even in my state legislature. So wow. talking about uh, transparency of uh, care costs and how important that was on some of the health exchange websites. Uh, and then I've had the opportunity, um, I really considered an opportunity, a blessing to be a patient advocate at the national level Uh, for legislation, including the 21st Century Cures Act, uh, as well as advocating for research funding uh, for additional lupus research. I've had, uh, again, it continues to be a network where doors open and you have conversations and you realize more patient voices are needed and there's an opportunity to, to, again, collectively represent others. And uh, that's that's a charge that I've, I've taken, but I definitely feel connected to the other patients I've met along the way. I've had the opportunity to review research applications for uh, federal programs. And the, the interesting thing here is very similar to measure development. It's important mm-hmm. to have a patient voice when deciding which research applications to fund. What will, true, what will be the research that truly moves that needle or impacts a patient outcome? Uh, what's important for the patient uh, or uh, the prognosis of a condition or a disease. And so being able to be a part of more of the research side of it has been very interesting. 
And then I really felt over the last couple of years, I've had the opportunity to take my professional career and measure development and quality measures and bridge that with my my personal passion of uh, lupus and lupus advocacy, patient advocacy, and I've been able to serve as the patient representative on a, on a technical expert panel for the macro measure development plan. So really looking at where do the measures and where how do we develop a plan forward to uh, serve the macro legislation and really fill those gaps going forward. Wow. So, so no, no, go ahead. I keep going. This is great. I just have I a question say, for you. I think to so many other patients that are out there, it's, it's an opportunity to feel like you're not only advocating for yourself, but that you can really raise the voice up of others that may not have that um, that same ability to raise their voice up and, and, and serve their, their patient community. Yeah. And so, you know, when you say you served on an ex- expert, a technical expert panel, the TEP, as a patient, was that a different experience for you? I know you were you often sit on the measure developer side, but what was that? Was it a different experience? Did you see some differences in, in how you approached it um, from the patient side? It was. It, you, you're looking at it from a how do I take my lived experience as a patient or as an advocate and how do I relay it to this group of individuals so that it's, it can tie into to the mission that this maybe technical expert panel had? And mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's even being able to think about how a patient would tell their story. So for so many, we've told our stories time and time again, either about ourselves or someone we care about, um, and it's impactful. And I think being able to just share that um, with others in a way that demonstrates um, you know, compassion for the advocate and for the voices of the, of the patients mm-hmm. it represents is essential, but being true and honest to your experiences, right? We want to know, mm-hmm. and these technical expert panels want to know, what are things that need to be improved upon? What are, what are areas where we're, not, we're missing the mark continually? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are areas where measurement, quality measures can have such a vital impact is really kind of hitting the mark and, and really teasing out where we maybe need to continue to improve quality and patient experience. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we think about this quality measurement work, development work, what you know, oftentimes I think there's a misconception out there. I think patients believe that the researchers and the quality measure developers, you know, they are not really wanting us at the table, right? And I and I tell them, because I've heard this statement to me several times from other patients, and I'm like, whoa, that is the mm-hmm. total opposite. The measure developers, they want, they need you in that room with them working on those measures. So for those listeners out there that's thinking that patients, that the measure developers, that the work is too intimidating, know that the measure developers and researchers as well, you know, they want to engage you. They want you involved in this work. So, you know, we need to, you know, tear that stigma down. Desiree, I will echo your comments wholeheartedly. I have felt actually the just, well, I'll call it um, respect and professionalism is amazing. I've never felt anything but um, welcome and valued as serving as a patient, whether it be on a TEP or within um, a, a research panel. Uh, these are individuals that, you know, a lot of times we say, boy, they have a lot of degrees or letters behind their names, but <laughs> I want people to know that that, 
that should not be intimidating because, again, as patients, you are experts in your lived experience, and that is something that you truly bring that's unique to the table and will impact and shape the direction of these measures. Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, as as we're, you know, coming to a close, you know, I would like to, to kind of ask you, you know, again, going back to patients being intimidated to get, you know, involved in this work, if you could give them a little stitch of advice to make them more comfortable or maybe some tips, what would that be? You know, I think it's... Uh... I wasn't a Boy Scout, but I'm going to say the be prepared, right? I think the mo more prepared we feel, whether it's reading materials that have maybe been given to us, uh, I think I felt the most comfortable and confident in some of these situations when I've been able to, to prepare and read materials. Also, ask questions to seek clarification. Uh, there's nothing wrong with asking questions in a technical expert panel or work group setting. Those are, are, those are really intended to be discussion forums. And so to seek clarification, to deepen your understanding or, or clarify a, a statement that's been made is completely acceptable and welcomed. Uh, and then also I think sometimes it's reaching out to, sometimes there's other patients or advocates that are on the panel. I know that I felt camaraderie and sometimes reassurance when I've maybe had an introductory phone call or I've, or I've been able to engage with the other patient or patients maybe even a re patient representative that's on the panel, uh, just knowing that there's another individual there. But I've also been the only patient on a panel before, and that, that's okay too, because again, I think I just want to reassure uh, listeners that I really have found that, again, those scientists, those um, uh, clinicians, the academic individuals on the panels, they're, they're there for the same reason, which is to improve quality measurement. Uh, and I found that they come to the table with just a, an unbounded amount of respect for, for the patients and the patient voice. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll say, Lindsay, I, I share those tips with you as well because, you know, I remember when I first, you know, served on a technical expert panel and I was nervous and I was afraid and we had an introductory call. And after that introductory call, it was really funny. We shared our cell phone numbers in the little chat. We were on a webinar. And we were actually, at the same time, me and the other patient were texting each other, like, simultaneously. And so we were able to kind of offline, you know, kind of build each other up and share you know, what do you think about this? And, you know, what did you understand these terms? And really, we kind of prepared ourselves together um, before. So I would say camaraderie is definitely um, one of the big, big components, if you can, you know, if you're able to connect with other patients. And, and then also, you're able to find other patients, I think, in the community, if they're not sitting on that tip with you, you more than likely will be able to find a patient that has experience, you know, mm -hmm. of sitting on a tap and kind of lean on them for a little bit of guidance because oftentimes those that have walked the walk already can help and mentor us that are kind of fresh and new to this work as well. So I appreciate um, those tips. And so is there anything else, any other, you know, topic that we, or subject that we didn't cover, any insights that maybe, you know, we kind of skated over that you want to double back to? You know, Desiree, I just think, it, and this is, a, this is a thought that goes through my mind often when I think about really why, why is the patient voice so important? And I truly believe that it is, 
historically been underutilized to help improve quality and really raise a voice to quality. And I'm so thankful that we've seen this momentum, we've seen the, the drive to include patients. And I think including the patient voice, it may be one voice to start and then it becomes many and, and more get added. And I think the more people we have that are willing to, to share their stories and share that collective voice, um, it really is going to help move the needle with improving quality and uh, driving quality measurement to truly represent measures and information that patients want and need to make healthcare decisions. Oh, that well, you said a mouthful, and that was awesome. So, you know, I just want to thank you, Lindsay, for joining us today on Patient Partner Innovation Community. You know, as always, you know, we want you guys, your listeners, to be engaged and reach out to us. If you want further information, please contact us at Patient Partner Innovation Community, and we'll be happy to give you more information about technical expert panels and research and everything in between. So, again, thank you, Lindsay, for joining us, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.